0: I have this great desire to see things reversed in many ways in our culture. If you look around us, we can, we can all see there's a lot of things that our world is heading in a direction that's not good, it's not healthy. And I, I don't know about you, but you can be a part of changing that. And for us, as a Grove, we want to be, be a church that just is able to connect people to God, a life-giving God. We're, we finished a series last week, and, and I just want to just mention one thing. We talked about, it was a great series, eight-week series. If you missed it, go online and listen to it. Um, the last week was talking about movement as life. Great message. One of the most uh, helpful messages I think we've done at the Grove and Robert and I, we kind of tag team last week and did it together and we just talked about movement as life. And and here's, I'm going to kind of take that idea and we're not really sticking on it, but we're going to go forward with that. Um, what we do every single day is really a life and death thing. Um, we get, we get confused or we get, um, we get busy thinking, focus on the wrong things, but really it's, it's life and death. The reason we started The Grove, because we believe that um, people's life and eternity is in the balance. Like there's a a choice that we make every single day, uh, whether to be people that follow God or people that do our own thing that are are separate from God. We want to be a church that connects those people. We want to be a church that makes a difference. And so what we do every Sunday, man, it's life and death. We have people come in. In fact, we had a girl um, a few weeks back. She came to church and said, I grew up in church. I kind of left church. And she said, I'm coming to church. I'm giving God one more try um and she came to church and said that she told one of our team this is my i'm going to give him more time if he can't fix everything do this really speak i'm I'm giving up and you know what happened she came back the next week and she came back the next week and she came back the next week because all of a sudden something happened god began to to challenge her and say hey there's something here for you can you imagine she came and we weren't ready to give something of value to her and she walked away from god for the rest of her life because because it just wasn't any value well, we believe every single day there's people, you might even be that person that came today saying, all right, I'm going to try church one more time. I'm going to give God one more time. Can I tell you, man, he's, he's worth it, and he will respond. He'll answer, and he has help, and he has life for you. And so we're talking about last week, movement was life. Well, it's about life and death. What we do as a church and, and on Sundays, it's really super important. And we want you to be a part of it. We want to be involved. And so we encourage you to be, be part of it. We have this tagline that we use on social media called We Are The Grove. It's hashtag We Are The Grove. Uh, if you go on Instagram, you can go see that. And, and it shows different pictures of our team and in um, the services. On Facebook, on Sundays, if you hashtag that, you can see kind of the different posts that come in from people that come to the Grove. Um, and really, what I want to talk about is: is as a church, we want to be a church that's a life-giving church. And we get a little pushback when we say that. Well, how can a church be life-giving? Isn't God the the, the one that gives life? Yes, and we're a reflection of God, and we're God's hands and feet. And so we take the life that he has, and we begin to pass it to others. And that's our call as a church. We want to be a life-giving church. And he's looking for people to be life-giving people. So when I say we are the Grove, really what we're saying is a statement saying we want to be different. We want to be the kind of people who make a difference in this world. Uh, we, we We started planning to start the church this time last year building a team, um, getting people together. I had, I, had um, I guess, coffee with a friend. He came to my house, and we were uh, drinking some, some coffee and hanging out talking. Uh, he's, he's not a Christian. He doesn't go to church. And he said this. He says, Eric, I, I, I don't like church. In fact, I, I, you won't really probably find me in your church much. Maybe I'll come visit it. Um, but can I give you some advice? Because he's asking about church, and, and, and we're starting. He's really interested in how it works and the business side of it and all that because he's, he's, he's a business owner. And, and he began to, I said, sure, I want to know your advice. And, I, and uh, he, said, he said, Eric, do me a favor. When you start this church, first thing he says, don't suck. <laughs> I'm like, this, let me get my notepad. I'm going to write this down, all right? Don't suck. All right, got it. What else do you have for me? And he says, and would you make it fun for my kids? He says, when we do go to church, I have to drag my kids there. They just don't have fun. He doesn't go often, to when they do. He says, I just have to, it's not fun. Would you make it fun for my kids? And, and I said, all right, what else you got? He's like, that's it. I'm like, man, this is good advice. I, you're going to like the Grove, I told him, because this is exactly our heart. Man, we want to engage people. We want to laugh. We want to have fun. And the fact that you guys are laughing, I love that. It's, it's, it, we want to be engaging. And, and we have kids ministry that is just great. Uh, our kids are just doing awesome. Uh, our team, G Kids team, they do great. with your kids are out there, you make sure you thank those volunteers for giving them their time. Uh, they do a great time just pouring into them and loving those kids, speaking hope and life into them. Um, giving him a positive message so i I told him i told him you're gonna like the grove because that's what we're all about well um as as he said that for a few days i kept thinking about that don't suck because i know what he meant he meant don't be boring you know we don't need another church that's going to just kind of go through motions and not really do anything like man be engaging let us have fun like we laugh uh fun right can you have fun in church yeah we can have fun in church and so um i said i've been to think through that and, and, and as we're talking about the grove and we're we're trying to tell people like it's a great picture of the church you know this this aspen grove that we have in the mountains it's a great tr- picture of community um, these trees live great in community because their roots tie to each other and that's why they're that, that's why they grow so much and they're healthy well a small tree a new new aspen tree is called a suckling you don't suck right so suckling and so we're thinking about this like okay so as a church we can't suck what does that mean well there's a point in in all of our lives that we have to suck at some point we need life from somebody else we need a, another source yeah. right But there's a point in our life that we have to move beyond that, and we become people who give life. You don't stay mature, but you grow. And so when he's saying don't suck, I knew what he was saying. As a a community, as a church, we cannot suck life from the community. They don't need more suckers and sucking life from from every little aspect of of our society. They need a church that's going to give and produce life. Just like a a grove of trees produces oxygen, right? They give something healthy into the air. They take some bad stuff. They produce something good out of it provide shade they provide all this good stuff um it's, it's just a great a great part of the, the system as a church we're like that we want to give life to those around us as a church we want to give life and, and can i just say something if you've invited a guest in the last eight, eight months thank you so much um we have we have anywhere from 10 to 15 guests a week that come that's kind of like the average which is just it's amazing we're a brand new church a ton of people just coming through and 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 many of them stick many of them come back every few weeks and if you invite them just say thank you for trusting us um, with that, uh, that, that says, sends a big message. It says that we trust you enough to be able to speak life into our friends, that you're not going to push them away, you're not going to run, run them away. So thank you for that. Um, we're, we're seeing a lot of great things happen. We're going to talk about that a little bit today. But, but when I say we are the Grove, really we're saying we are a life-giving church. We are the Grove. We're, we are a picture of, uh, of, of, of heaven here on earth. We're a picture of the kingdom of God, of the family of God here on earth. It means we give life to those around us. We don't suck, we give life. Man, everything about us, we, we don't want to suck. We want to be able to give life and not just take, but give. So in Psalms, it says this. Um, Psalms 1, it's the first chapter, first, first book, in, uh, Songs in the Psalms. Um, David says, Oh, the joys of those who do not follow the advice of the wicked or stand around with sinners or join in with mockers, but they delight in the law of the Lord, meditating on it day and night. So those who delight in the law of the Lord, they gonna be blessed. He says, They'll be like trees. Planted along the riverbank, bearing fruit each season, their leaves never wither, and they prosper in all they do. So he compares people to trees that are planted like that. That focus on God's way. They're like trees planted by water, source of water. They get life and they get nourishment. And what does it say? They produce fruit each season. That sound like a tree that sucks? No, it's a tree that gives. Yeah, it gets a source. It gets. It finds its source in God, and that's where we can get our source from and our life from. And then we produce and we give. He goes on to say this. So like this tree bearing fruit each season, um, and they prosper in all they do. Anybody want to prosper in all that you do? Man, I want everything I do to prosper. That's the promise that God gives us. As we follow God, everything will prosper. might not look exactly like it. It doesn't mean we're going to have tons of money in the bank. That's not what it means. But we're going to have really good relationships with our families. That makes life fun. Good relationships with our neighbors. it makes life fun. There's a lot of ways that God's going to prosper us. He goes on to say this. But not the wicked. They're like worthless chaff scattered by the wind. They'll be condemned at the time of judgment. Sinners will have no place among the godly. For the Lord watches over the path of the godly, but the path of the wicked leads to destruction. God watches over the path of the godly. My invitation for you today is, would you join God in this this story, in this journey of being life-giving people? That's what he's looking for. God is looking for people to give life. In fact, when when he calls the disciples to follow him, the first thing he said is, Will you come and follow me and be fishers of men? Like they were fishing for fish. He says, all right, we're going to change it. We're going to help people. That's great to have fish, to eat, to have business. But we're going to find and have catch people and help them discover God. And that was his first invitation. Come and follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. Join me on this journey to be a people that can love others and care for others and help others along this path. And so he says, the Lord watches over the path of the godly, but the path of the wicked leads to destruction. There's always two paths before us. You know, a path that's going to lead us away from God, a path that's going to lead us down to many times it's more pleasure and it's a lot of fun because we want it, but it always, the Bible says it's going to lead to destruction. Eventually it will lead to destruction, a path away from God or there's a path towards God. And God watches over that people that, that follow on that path. So we want to be the kind of people that give life. They did a survey of 95 uh, year olds and they asked them this question. They said, if you had to live all over again, what would you do differently? All right, sort of a 95-year-old. If you had to live it all over again, if you had to do life again, what would you do differently? And there was three answers that they came up with. I guess maybe four. The first one would be kind of like, ah, what would you say? And then once they got the answer, then (laughs) it took, it's a joke. We're trying to laugh. All right. My wife said that was not nice. So it's a joke. Okay, so there was three things they said. They really didn't say that. All right. I don't know what they said that first time. Maybe some did. Others, they had good hearing and they said, I got it. I have an answer for you. So the first one, they said, we would reflect more. We would slow down. We would savor moments a little more. We'd pause. We'd be present in the moment. man we'd learn to live in that, in that moment and be present there. We would stress less and enjoy life more. So that's the reflective part was that. That's kind of those answers. These three kind of, I'm sure they said a lot of things, but there's these three that came and stuck out. And the first one was reflect more. No, we pause and we think about it. You know, Sundays... Is a great time for us to pause. That's why Sundays are really important. I don't know about you, but it helps us to have this new this new outlook on life. Saying, "All right, this week, man, it could be better than last week. Yeah, we can go, We can have a better start. We can we can do more this week, and we get a fresh start and we start it over again, Start all over again. Sunday is important. Reflect more. Reading your Bible could be like that. God, I need you to help me to get understanding of my situation because today I know there's challenges ahead of me." What can you speak into my life today? And we begin to read his, his, the Bible, God's word, and he'll, he'll, he'll give life to us. And he'll give us answers. Reflect more. They said, second thing, we would risk more. Risk more. Man, we'd take more chances. We would see life as this great adventure that, you, man, you can't pick the fruit unless you get out on the edge of the limb. You know, like it's too safe staying by the trunk and playing it safe. Man, these 95-year-olds said we would risk more. We'd get out on the limb a little more and say, I'm just going to go for it. I'm going to try it. Only got one shot at this. Let's give the best that we can. So, reflect more, risk more, and then they said they would do something with their life that would live long after they're gone. I would do more things that would live beyond myself. Here's the good news you don't have to wait till you're 95 to begin to think about all the things you would do differently. You could begin today to begin to live differently than yesterday. Than last year, the year before, live different than your parents or your grandparents. If you've been stuck in some kind of um, negative cycle uh, with addictions or with, with abuse, you can change that. And God wants to help you change that. If you just invite him and say, God, I need your help and begin to live different. You don't have to wait to get to a place in your life of, of having to say, man, I would live differently today. What about today? What about today? I would do something different that would live long beyond beyond us so my question for you today is this what are you living for what are you living for is it large enough to live beyond you i grew up in church and so um at church i knew how to act one way in my home i knew to act one way and at school i learned to to act another way kind of like i had one foot in the kingdom of light one foot in the kingdom of darkness and I kind of learned how to balance that world for a while. But then little by little, they kind of got blurred. and You kind of forget who you are because you can't remember who what's what. At a young age, I remember my, my junior high years, those were the hardest years for me because it was really a pool between these two. of Like, I know what God has been telling me and my parents have been telling me, but all my friends say this and I want to go this way. And I got to this place when I was 14 years old. A couple of things happened. There was quite a few things happened. Um, then I made a decision. I said, all right, God, I'm either going to do one or the other. I, I can't play both. And uh, I began to look, and, and, and I, I remember I started reading the Bible that year. Um, and I got to this point in the story where um, a King Solomon, he becomes king, and God says, ask me anything and I'll give it to you. And Solomon prays this prayer and says, God, would you give me wisdom to be able to, to lead the people that you've entrusted me with as the king? And I was like, wow, that's a great prayer. And God says, Solomon, because you didn't ask for riches and for all this other stuff, I'm going to give you wisdom, but I'm also going to bless you with all this other stuff. And at, at Age 14, I said this prayer, God, would you just give me wisdom to be able to see all this stuff differently than everybody else? Would you give me wisdom? And I believe the answer to the prayer because that year I began to see things. I watched my friends' relationship with their parents. I watched some of those, those around me that were close, their relationship with their parents. And I began to ask myself the question, all right, do I want what they have? Because I know what they're doing that's causing all that tension and stress. Man, lying to their parents, sneaking out, um, fighting for more rights you know, dis, uh, disobeying, uh, being disrespectful. And I begin to like, God almost gave me like this ability to see like beyond just that year and like, where are these guys gonna end up with their relationship with their parents in a couple years? And I begin to say, man, if I go down this path, that's not gonna lead to life. That's gonna lead to death and relationships and death away from God. And I, I prayed that year and I said, God, man, I wanna go your way. Like, I wanna give it all. And at 14 years of age at a summer camp, I dedicated my life to God. It wasn't necessarily easy after that. I lost a lot of friends and things took place, but, but I began to walk this journey with him. And on this journey, I said, God, would you use my life to help others? Give me wisdom. And God answered the, the, the prayer I said, and he began to, to, to be able to do that in my life. Well, um, I, at a young age, I started in ministry, working as a pastor, as a kid's kids pastor. And um, God, I just be, be able to pour into the young people and to help them, kind of like our G-Kids team, team that's next door. Just, just loving our kids, helping them understand there's a better way, um, that there's going to be choices they make every day to make the right choice, how to make that right choice, what to think. Um, and, and as I began to, to be a part of church and ministry, I would, I would go around and listen to different stories of pastors. And one of my close friends, he said that his sister, she grew up in the church at a young age, and uh, she went through a hard time in life and really difficult time in her life. She, she said, God, I'm going to give you one more time, one more chance. Um, and she, she went to church. And she, she happened to be wearing a, a miniskirt. Um, she was in church. She just went to church, asked, started trying to find an answer. And somebody stopped her at the front door and says, um, we don't dress like that in this place. We give God our best. And she turned away and walked back to her car and left. And we told me that story, my heart broke because she was searching for answers. And because she didn't fit a certain style or whatever of the church, she was turned off and turned away from God. And I pray that she gives God another chance she walked away and i heard pastor over story over story of these churches that they get all this information because the bible helps us but if if you only do is get, get information and come to church and just read it you become what, what what the bible calls haughty like you you think you're better than others because you know something they don't know or because you're living this way they're not and, and god actually says he despises he doesn't like people that are haughty like in the process of us trying to know god we can become the opposite of what he wants like we're, we're, we're we know too much or too good for others. And that's not what God wants. And this journey uh, of, of churches and, and trying to connect people to God, I always said, God, if I ever have a chance to lead a church, I want to be the kind of church that anybody can walk in. Yeah. Man, the, the, the broken, the hurting, those that aren't perfect. In fact, if you are perfect, you're probably not going to like our church very much because we're not a perfect church. and I'm not a perfect person. And so uh, people that are not, that, that if you're imperfect, you're welcome here. If you're perfect, I hope you can begin to say, God, use my life. Um, and, and show me really the reality of what, what's really there. Because God takes the brokenness of our lives, and he does something amazing with it. And so in this journey uh, of, different, uh, of churches that say, we want to reach people with a life-giving message. You want to reach people that are, that are hurting, that are lost. Come as you are. That, that's our heart. That's our, that's, our, that's our heart. In fact, this is Jesus' heart. Jesus came from heaven. Imagine this. You're the king of everything. You have everything at your disposal, everything you want. And you come, you enter in as a little boy, as a little baby. And he begins his journey as a human being so he can relate to humans. The incarnation. It's amazing. And he comes. And as he begins to lead his disciples about age 30, uh, for three years, he leads them and teaches them. And he says, join me on this journey on the, and, and, and follow me. He says, over and over, I've come. I've come. They may have life. i come. I've come so they can, they can, they can uh, know God. I came to seek and save those which are lost. I, I came for the sick because the, the people that are healthy, they don't need a doctor. The sick need a doctor. And over and over, he kept telling his disciples, we're here for the broken. We're here for the hurting. Yeah, we we'll celebrate those that are, that are already found. Those are good. But we're here for the lost. And, and at one point, there's a story where he tells these stories about, about lost things. I'm going to share it with you. It says in, in Luke 15, starting in verse 1, he says, Now the tax collectors and sinners were all gathered around to hear Jesus. But the Pharisees and the teachers of, of the law muttered, These are religious people, all right? This man welcomes sinners and eats with them? Like, how could he? He I mean, doesn't he know who these people are? And have this haughty spirit, like, we're better than others. And, and, and these tax collectors, he, he invites these, these people that are, are in the religious people's eyes, weren't, weren't worthy of it. And Jesus, knowing what they're saying, he, he says this, the next verse. Then Jesus told them a parable, a story. He says, all right, let me tell you a story. All right, because he knows what's going on. He, I guess, you know, God, knowing what they're talking about, he says, suppose one of you has a 100 sheep and loses one of them. Doesn't he leave the 99 in the open country and go after the lost sheep until he finds it? And when he finds it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders and goes home. And he calls his friends and neighbors together and says, rejoice with me. I have found my lost sheep. I tell you that in the same way, there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous people who do not need to repent. He tells a story. He's like, all right, guys, we're about the lost here. You know, As a church, um, there's only one thing we can do as a church that we won't be able to do in heaven. See, in heaven, we're going to be able to sing songs and worship. The Bible talks about there'll be angels that be singing. There'll be be times for us to be able to honor God and worship. I mean, Bible study, we have a Bible, but God wrote it. We can, like, actually talk to him about it. There'll be Bible study up there. We'll be like, wow, what did you mean by this? This is awesome. There'll be fellowship, right? That's another part of of the church. One thing there won't be is evangelism. There won't be the ability to, to reach people that are lost. Now is the only time that we can do that. So for us as a church, we say this is one of our primary focuses. We want to reach those who are not yet here. We want to reach those that are lost, those that are missing, those that are broken, those that are hurting, and help them to connect. We talked about the empty chair. You know, Man, We're glad you guys are here. We want you to be a part of this. We want to connect others with them. So let me show you a picture of the last eight, eight, eight months. Actually, this has only been the last five months. Uh, we've done some baptisms. If you look at these pictures, um, what would you see that's common to all of them? Joy, that's a good commonality. There's really nothing else, though. They're male, they're female, they're young, they're mature. They're small. Larger than the small people. (laughs) Different. Different sizes, different shapes, different colors. Everything is different. It's a picture of heaven. It's a picture of our community, of our church. These are all people in the last... Uh, year, eight months have said, I'm going to follow you. One of these people, they told me their story, and we're going to try to capture these stories because we want everybody to hear their stories. They're great. One of them said the first time she came to service, she cried the whole service. She hadn't been to church her whole life, most of her life. And she came and she cried the whole service. Why? Because I think she had an encounter with the living God, a life-giving God that says, "I I have plans for you. I have hope for you. And she kept coming back. And kept coming back. And then she got baptized. And she's here today. It's awesome. It's a beautiful story of God saying, I have a plan for your life. I have a plan for you. Would you join me in this journey now of helping others connect? Helping others to move forward? Would you join me in, in, in this journey? And God invites us. I love it. 14 people up there. Can you imagine this next year? The pictures of these multiply and they go on and on and on with the stories there your neighbors, your family that are lost and hurting. This could be their, them up there. Transformation. So we have another hashtag that we use. It's called, How Far Can You Grove? Uh, we take pictures of, of, of our church, people serving. People, they, they wear their, you know, some kind of t-shirts has a grove in other parts of the world, and they serve and stuff like that. Well, I have, We have a family in our church that loves missions. They love to go to other countries. They love to support it. And I want to give him an opportunity, Shannon, to come up and, and share a little bit about Mexico and the journey of uh, kind of just what, how God has been leaving their family. And know that for us as a church, uh, one of the first offerings, we, the first offering we received, part of it went to church planning. And part of it went to missions. And in fact, the story tells, um, a, a good a chunk of that went to help them uh, to, to, to do a building project. And we're going to let him share. So um, let me find a
1: microphone. Come on, share it. So the important thing that Erica said is movement is life. And for us, or for me and my family, um, missions is movement. It's us taking a physical um, movement into doing what God, <clears throat> something that God's going to do and lets us be a part of. Um, anyone that knows me knows that we could, I could talk about missions for a long time. A lot of you have gone on trips with us, and I know have great stories too. Um, But for me, um, our missions team, the team that God lets me be a part of, is really a network of churches and people who just show up to see what God's going to do. And the Grove is a part of that network. Um, Like Eric said in the beginning, right when the Grove launched, um, they were looking for some place where they could give back. And there was a small church in Gomez, Farias, that we were working on, trying to to make some things happen. And they were able to give to the small church. Now, for me, um, on this particular trip, um, one thing that I learned and what I walked away with is um, God starts where impossible is. And so as we looked at this, um, we needed to raise about $10,000, um, and we were able to raise about 6000 Everything else was donated, was given to us free. Um, we had six guys that went on the trip from, from New Mexico, and uh, three of them were over the age of sixty. Uh, for this construction trip. So when we got to the church, a large portion of the church that we went and helped, um, there was a large group of single women who didn't have husbands. And they really felt like there was nothing they could do to really help. So they all kind of gathered their money. They chipped in, and they hired a gentleman, a local man from their from their town, to work that week. And as we went through, we, um, the group there, we didn't really know that. That stuff that happens behind the scenes. Um, the guy's name was Victor. And uh, Victor was amazing. Um, he showed up, or he was on time. Um, he worked hard. He with us. Well, as time went on, it's like, well, yeah, I mean, these women paid him, and he was there working. Um, but it didn't affect the relationship. Actually, come to find out, as we worked with him that week, we were talking to him, and he's like, yeah, you know what? I don't really go to this church. I don't really go to any church. And then so we're all kind of like shocked, like, oh, wait a minute. What do you mean you don't go to church? Everyone we know goes to church. Um, but as we went, so these six guys that were there, with right um with tools and sweat and we're working we find ourselves shutting down a whole job site one day and i was able to take a picture of this construction crew praying for victor um that god would continue to work in his life as the week went on he's making statements like oh man maybe i can come back maybe i can do this i can see how this church needs this i can see and god was just opening up opportunities for him and i just speak out in faith that i know that that church impacted his life i know our team did But more importantly, uh, Victor impacted my life. That's the renewing that I get when we go on these trips. It's amazing um, how God puts me in certain places just to be fed. Um, Again, it was an amazing trip. I would encourage you. um, This is some of the construction photos. We actually had a team. We went before for Christmas and did ministry. Um, Just so many opportunities. On our website, uh, we put together a video of that construction trip. Um, It gets me going. I know I was there. I was vested. But really the grove. Everyone here was invested because you made that happen. Um, Like I said, if you get a chance, you know what? Talk to me about impossible. As we took material into Mexico, um, as as I take a team half the size of what it should have been, as we have border patrol people saying, you're going to do what? You're taking what material? They're not going to let you take that in. Um, As we met with the consulates um, there in Mexico, and they're like, that's not going to work. You can't do that. You can't do that. You can't do that. That's impossible, that's impossible, that's impossible. Stories all the way through, but each story, when, when they said it was impossible, God would show up and he would take it through. When they said you can't do that, then God would make a way. And all, all the way through the whole trip and we came back and you reflect on how many obstacles God removed that we saw and really have no idea how many obstacles he moved that we were oblivious to um, in arms way. Please, if you get a chance, check out our video. I'm proud of it, but more importantly, I would ask, um, right? Because that'll help you be a part of that. But more importantly, instead of being a part of what God did, is be a part of what God's gonna do for us as a team. Um, so we've already laid out, and I'll bring back more information. But um, we're taking a Wattis trip in 2016 President's Day weekend. The district used to do this trip, the Simply God's district years ago. Um, um, so we're trying to bring that back as individuals. Again, there's hundreds of reasons you can just you can say on why you shouldn't go, but I would just give you one reason, and that's God. And missions is movement, and like Pastor Eric said, movement is life, and it'll it'll change your life.
0: Yeah, that's good. So next uh, February, would you? Sign up for that trip. Be great. It's a weekend trip. You can go. Don't have to take too much work off. I think one day, a uh, holiday. Um, but I, I appreciate Shannon and the, the Jones family. They have a heart uh, just to help people connect to God, they have a heart for uh, missions for, for the poor in other countries. Um, and as we join together, we can accomplish some great things. Um, our offering that we gave, you know, sometimes we think like it's not significant, it's only a little part. No, it, it matters and it touches people and it helps uh, others to connect um, to God. In fact, we have. I met with a, a college student. His name is Taylor. Uh, he comes on, when he's in town. He's, he's in Crucis, and when he comes to Santa Fe to visit his mom, he comes and helps us to set up um, for, for uh, the service. Like comes and helps us set up lights, and he comes early and hangs out with us when he's in town. Well, he met with me a couple of weeks ago, and uh, he's telling me about his journey, how God is leading him on this journey. We went, he went to school. He's going to be a lawyer, um, and he had this encounter with this, with this young man who's a Christian. Uh, that began just to pour in his life and, and to help him on his journey with God. Um, and during his school years, his heart began to shift and says, "It said, I want to do what this guy's done for me. I want to help people connect to God." And he switched his major from being a lawyer. He, lawyer, he's, he's now going to be. In fact, he is a U.S. missionary. Like he's signed up as a missionary. Uh, he just graduated, and this next fall, he's going to join the, the Chi Alpha Ministry, which is a campus ministry in Las Cruces, as a missionary for this year, next year. And so he's raising support. So he's asking, you know, can we help? one of the things I love about the Grove is, man, you guys, you guys are generous. You give when, when we ask you to give. And part of our offerings, they go to help missions. They go away from us. So when missionaries call, I can't say yes to everyone, but almost every time a missionary is called, I've been able to say yes. Like we can help in some way. And in need arises, we say, we'll help with something. And so he asked us, and, and I was hoping he was going to be here today because he, he was supposed to, but something came up. He couldn't. Uh, we have a check to give him to say, hey, Taylor, we're on this journey with you. I, I figure out the math. He's trying to raise the support, and it's only 3% of what his budget he's supposed to raise. You would think, well, it's only 3%. Like, that doesn't seem like a lot. No, but if everybody says, I can't do 1%, he doesn't raise it. If you get 100 people to say, you know, I can help you, with 1%. Let's do 1%. I'll commit that 1%. Man, you raise that support really quickly. So we're able to pour in people like Taylor. But here's the thing. Somebody impacted his life. Who now he's going to say, I'm going to impact somebody else's life. So we have this. If you go to the, the next one for me. You know, I've had the, we have those. We've had the water on the screen. You know, you see the droplets hitting the water and the ripples going out. And they, and they keep going out and they keep moving. This is our life. This is our story. This is the grove. You know, a, a pebble was thrown in the water. Somebody said, I'm gonna get, I'm in. Somebody jumped in and said, I'm in. I'm, I'm, I'm fully committed. I'm, I want to be a part of this process. And the ripples begin to go on. Um, Part of our worship team that we have, they drive from Rio Rancho every single Sunday um, because they want to be a part of what's happening here. Well, it's not a coincidence, it's not an accident. Some of these guys were in my kids' ministry when I was a kids' pastor. Some of them were in my youth ministry when I was a youth pastor. Um, And we started the church, they were kind of in transition. They said, we want to help you start this church. They've come. Why? Because somebody's life was impacted by something that was said and done. Um, Our lives, they impact people all around you don't, you don't know the kind of people that are around you, that you, the impact you can have on people around you, unless you just try. Can you be a life-giving person? That I means you speak life, you don't speak death. You look for opportunities to encourage somebody, not discourage them. There could be somebody next to you, somebody around in your life that is struggling with something very dark. And it might take your words of life that's going to help break them through that. You encourage them saying, you can get over this addiction. You could break through it. You can conquer it. You can overcome. It takes Take somebody. And then you don't know what the impact their life's going to have on somebody else. Because freed people, they help free people. Wow. Yeah. When you become free, it's like you know, the, you know the joy in being free from something. You want to share that with others. And God invites us, says, would you be this life-giving person? Some of the ways you can help us as a church, you know, we have these, um, these Be My Guest cards. You can invite a friend. Um, this one is a, it's an act of kindness card. You know, when we started the church, we said we want to be a life-giving church. So when we go to restaurants uh, and we give a, a generous tip, you know, or we, we find somebody, sometimes on our team, they'll pay for somebody's coffee behind at the drive-thru. And they'll say, hey, would you just give them this car? Let them know somebody's thinking about them today. Act of kindness, just a way to, to bless somebody, to give life to somebody. Maybe that's your love language. You like stuff like that. Man, pick up some of those cards. You know people that you can connect to God and to the church? Man, take a guest card. You just invite them. God has to do some great things for the Grove. And as we move into the future, we want to see God do even more. We want to be in, in, in partnership with him. You know, you can be a part of the team. And we have people that serve every single Sunday. They get here early, 730. They set out signs. You think, well, I can't really serve. Well, would there be somebody to be willing to pick up signs at the end of church before you go home once a month? We got four people that could pick up signs once a month. Man, that would free up somebody that's serving, right? And that would include you in the process. You'd be a blessing. Um, we've had numerous people come to the grove just because of the signs that are put on the parking lot. They said, I saw your sign and I wanted to come check it out. So the people that set the signs, they have a part of that making an impact. But it's just a sign. No, it's a pebble thrown in the water that is making an impact and rippling out. What are you doing this week that you're rippling out and having this impact on other people's lives? One of the reasons I wanted to give to Taylor is because he said this statement to me. He said, "Um, I don't know who I'll be able to reach, but, but... and here's my, there's something in my heart that I've always said is um, I want to be able to, to be very strategic in who we impact. And so, God, I don't have to do all the, the great things, but if I can impact that one person that can do something great, I want to impact that person. And in fact, the, the greatest thing, contribution to the kingdom and to this world most likely won't come from us. It'll come from somebody else that we poured into and helped. Most likely the greatest contribution that we'll make is pouring into somebody else. Because they take our story and they stand on our shoulders and they do something even greater. And he said, I want to I reach he has a good group of Indian students there from India. And my heart, there's, there's a ton of lost people in India. And my heart has been, God, would you help us to find people that have a heart for India that we could pour into and help them experience the life-giving God and take that message back to, to India and lead millions of people to Christ? And when he said, I want to connect to Indian people, I said, I want to be a part of this ministry because that's my heart. He's going to have a ripple effect on some student that's going to take the life-giving message that they've received to some country that's dark and that needs it. And they're going to have impact on others. This week, what kind of impact can you have? And don't don't minimize it because you can't have an impact. Somebody's life, it's life and death. There are people all around us. And you never know the, the words you say, the, the deeds you do, the things that you um, help others, what it'll, the impact it will make. Mentoring, coaching. Now, what are your gift set? Get involved. Be part of the team. You like technology, man. We set up lights and computers. Join us in that. You like working with the kids, man. Join us in helping serve the G-kids G, the, the G and the nursery if you like infants. If you're a very friendly person, you can make people feel comfortable, join us on the greeting team. Be a part of this. Because as, as, our, as our church grows, man, we want to see people involved in this process of saying, you're making an impact in lives of people around us. You're making an impact. So we are the Grove. That's who we are, a life-giving church. So our challenge is this. Would you join God? God is a life-giving God. Would you join him in this journey, and would you be life-giving? This week, would you commit to say, I'll be life-giving. I'll be generous. I'll look for opportunities to be kind. I'll look for opportunities to help others, to speak in others' lives. It's a choice that you make. And don't think my little thing is not going to make a difference. It's only 1%. No. If all of us just did 1%, that's going to make a huge difference in the lives of others. Maybe you're here today. You're in to this experience. That's great. I'm glad you're a church that likes others and cares for others and sounds pretty cool. But I just need something today. You know, we have an answer for you. A relationship with, with God is the best thing that you can, you can, you can have in your life. If you're here today and you're looking for answers, you know, it starts with a, with a decision to say, God, man, I'll, 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 I'll step out. You know, when, when you jump into a swimming pool and you know the water's cold, how many of you guys like to put one toe in and be like, oh, it's freezing, and then the ankle, and oh, it's cold. It's like torture, right? The best way to jump in is just to jump in, right? When you jump in, you have this impact and, and the, the waves go like crazy, right? The journey with God is like that. He said, I want you in on this journey. Would you just trust me? You know, you might have a lot of questions. What does this mean? Just jump. Go for it. It takes faith. It takes trust. Jump. Many have gone before you, and we're so glad that we have because he's changed our life. So if you're here today, we'd like to give you an opportunity to take that step towards God. The Bible says that those those who ask God for forgiveness, those who repent, means they turn away from their old life, the life that's leading to death and destruction, and they turn their life to God and say, God, I want to follow you. It says the Bible says that he hears that prayer and he brings forgiveness and he begins to, to make you into a new person. You have this new start. If you're here today and you need a new start, I would love to lead you in a prayer. In fact, would you everybody close your eyes today? Give an opportunity for those that are here that maybe want to make this decision. If you're here today and you need a new start, and your life is going in a direction that you know is not good. And today you want to say, I want to give my life to God. I want to give him a chance. I want to invite him to be my God, to be my Lord, to be my Savior. If that's you, would you raise your hand? Awesome. I see the hands. Anybody else? I'm here today. I want to give my life to God. I want to be a life-giving person. I want to be the per- somebody that God uses. Awesome. Man, we celebrate those hands that went up. I'm going to lead you to prayer. And this prayer really is just the first step. I mean, God wants you to continue moving forward in your relationship with him. But that first step is just acknowledging that you need him to help you. You're to, the prayer is going to say, God, forgive me my sins. I believe he died on that cross for me. And you're going to invite him to be, to, be, to be the leader, to be the boss, to be the one that leads you on this journey. So if you raise your hand, would you pray this with me? In fact, would you just join them, encourage those that raise their hand? Say, Father God. I need you today. Please forgive me of my past, of the wrong that I've done. Help me to follow you. I believe that you died on that cross for my sin. You died for me. I believe that you're alive today and that you have life for me. I receive that life. Help me to walk with you. Help me to hear you. Bring those around me that can encourage me on this journey. Give me wisdom. Help me to be a life-giving person. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.